Hey everyone, welcome to the Intelligent Conversations podcast where we believe everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. Our goal is to encourage these types of conversations for our audience to listen to. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have TJ Johnson on. He is a hip-hop artist and producer from Lil Rock, Arkansas. He also runs his own independent record company called On The Map Music Group. Uh, He makes music for the underdog, and I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. So TJ, I'm just going to kind of, I want to know a little bit about your career, how you got to where you are now, and then we'll just kind of dive into the conversation. Okay. Um, So... um... For your audience, my name is Wordplay TJ, hip-hop artist and producer from Little Rock, Arkansas. And my journey started a long time ago. It started back in 2005. Um, I was in high school. I was getting ready to graduate. It was like my junior or senior year. And I decided to go into making music, and and, and hip-hop was my, my, my love and my passion at that time. So I uh, was working on my solo career, started my music group, um, on the map music group in, um, 2005. And, uh, after that I started to produce and create albums from there. And so, um, I put out some, some commercial works that were kind of, you know, mostly underground and, and kind of amateur in, in their, in their status. But then slowly I started to get, um, better and better and finally got ready to release my first real commercial single in 2010. That song is called Breakfast and Biggie. Um, the year, uh, a year later, it premiered on MTV's Rap Fix Live. Sway and Ja Rule gave me their blessings and they, they put it on air and they talked about it. Um, I missed that interview. So you can, you can maybe ask me that later on, <laughs> like what happened when I missed that interview. Um, but they, they gave me their blessing. They uh, gave the stamp of approval for my career to get started. And that's kind of how the ball got rolling. 2013, I revamped my, my whole entire brand, started making music for the underdog, called myself Wordplay TJ instead of TJ at that time, and uh, understood how to get my publishing together, how to get my royalties together. And I started to understand that for other artists that I was working with. So On The Map Music Group started to kind of develop a little bit more. Fast forward, um, I'm, I just put out my eighth album, Overtime, and working on my ninth album, Terry, that's going to be released next summer, uh, 2022. So that's where I am, and, and that's the journey as a whole. Dude, that's amazing. Obviously, you have put in the work ethic. I, I love what you have, uh, that what you said. I mean, obviously, really impressive work ethic, but I kind of want to ask you something you said you did a reinvention at 2013 i kind of want to know uh what was your biggest surprise like encountering that what was the biggest surprise for you so the biggest surprise is that i thought i knew the business but i really didn't know the business so what i misunderstood about the business was that in order to be signed up to earn money in the music business, you had to be on top of it on a regular basis. It The operations of collecting money in music is a, is a everyday operation. So it's not something that you could do part-time 
as an artist, you have to devote maybe yeah, 80% of your time to the the business of making music and putting it out there commercially and 20% of your time of actually making music. Now, if you're not a master at your craft, right, that, that ratio is going to have to change, right? You're going to have to practice more than, than do the business, but you still have to set aside some time to do it. And that's that's what I learned from that. And that was the toughest thing that I had to understand. Yeah, I totally, I totally see what you're saying there. Cause I mean, I've, I've met friends and they're, they're going into art, things like that. And then music as well. And they're saying they're like, Oh yeah, the biggest surprise. And like one of my good friends is going to college right now. And they're saying, yeah, I'm surprised how much is not focused on the actual like art. Cause that's just a God given talent at the end of the day. Yeah. But like, actual like commercial like dealing with the business every single day that is like 80 percent of it and i i don't know i kind of want to ask you this what would you say that like everyone to a degree should understand a little bit of like how businesses work how like things go on a day-to-day basis i think they should and the reason why i say that is my my first college major was uh art um, so I'm, I'm also I'm a, a dual kind of multi-layered kind of artist and and I practice both with visual arts and music. And so since six years old, I've been I've been drawing. When I got to college, I started studying art. I realized that making art for a living is a, a business and you have to network. You have to do shows. You have to constantly like put your work out there and make sure that you're connecting on social networks. You have to make sure you understand how to market yourself. And so, yeah, any type of artwork, any type of thing that you want to do full time that is uh, creative, uh, you really have to put that put that effort into it to understand the business side. And so that's what I learned in art school was the business of selling art. But I, I, I transformed my, my degree program and started studying marketing in order for me to understand how to push music as well. Yeah, that's that's amazing, dude. I, I love I love just, I mean, I'm not, for one, I'm not a freaking artist. I failed actually uh, in middle school. I failed the first art class. And I was like, man, maybe art's not for me. But I've actually, as time's gotten on, I'm like, man, I am really beginning to appreciate like good music and like good, like pieces of work type of thing. And I don't know, I think you mentioned that you had like this thing where you're, uh, it was a single, right? That was on MTV, but then you said you didn't get to actually meet them. I, I, I kind of want to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's, 2011 and my song breakfast and biggie we shot the video like six months before and we put the video out just kind of randomly like everywhere on the web um where we could where we could place it we wanted to make sure that it got exposure it got heard by uh, in a contest with double xl magazine and then i put it on this this website called um your mtv and your MTV was like a kind of social media type platform for MTV fans. And what I didn't know is that they didn't control the algorithm. So everything you put up on there, like went super viral. And so when I posted it, it just kind of went up immediately. And that's how Sway 
and got got to see the video, got to see me like put in work, and that's how I got onto MTV Rap Fix. So fast forward day of the interview, I'm sick as a dog. I had been stressed out, mind you. I'm a college student. I'm working in like I'm I'm living in Arkansas, so I'm like working at Walmart corporate headquarters. I have a, a a girlfriend at the time that's like stressing me the hell out, and then I'm also like performing shows, running my business, working with other people, pushing artwork, and like all day in the studio, like making drawings at the same time. So like the the world was just like crashing down on me. What happened is I stay I, I got sick. I stayed the night in the emergency room and I slept too long the next day. And so when I woke up and I checked my emails because I checked my emails the first thing in the morning, there's an email from MTV saying you're gonna be on air at 1 p.m. and you gotta call us in order for for you to be on the Skype interview. And I'm just like, holy crap. 1 p.m. I just woke up at 1230. <laughs> how, can, <laughs> how can I possibly get on this interview? And so I'm like emailing back. I'm calling. I look like Kermit the Frog with my fingers. I'm calling. And and um, next thing you know, they're just like, it's too late. You're just going to have to watch, man. Uh, appreciate you watch, reaching out. And I was just like, man, I missed my shot, you know. There's a lot of people that got their their start on MTV Rap Fix. Um, Russ is one of those those uh, independent artists, and uh, like our episodes aired um, pretty right, uh, pretty close to one another. And so um, you can see where his career is now, and and mine's is on the way. Yeah, I man, dude, that's that's kind of a disappointing story, and I I totally get it too. Like the freaking the stress, <laughs> dude, like. There, there's things that right now that you're just like, oh my goodness, like you're just getting bombarded with things. You're like, I'm just trying to live, man. <laughs> like, I totally get that. And dude, I, man, I, I almost want to say sorry. Like, man, I, I, I don't know what to say there. But no, it's it, it's cool. Like, I, I believe that um, everybody should like put their social and emotional well-being first right like they should take care of their mental health first that's the moral of that story like because if I'd done that then I wouldn't have been in that spot I wouldn't have missed that interview because I was always prepared almost 100% of the time and so um, I, I believe that if you take care of yourself you'll be always ready yeah that's that's an excellent point that you made there I think especially in today's world a lot of people especially uh, the younger generation it, mental health is a huge thing social health as well like it's a huge part of things that we need to be like healthy there i mean when in the 60s way back then everyone was like just have a physically fit body and you're set everything else will just kind of follow mm -hmm. but now it's like no you need to actually like take care of these things because it's going to come back to bite you and i mean I, I love that you added that uh just a little something there that i said but i kind of want to ask something i mean i'm not too familiar with the music industry but mm -hmm. as far as i know maybe i'm completely wrong but back then before i was born uh music industry like there was publishing companies and then artists and then the artists went to the publishing company but you mentioned there's a lot of independent like publishing companies like they 
do it for themselves, like they publish for themselves. Is that like a trend nowadays? A lot of people do that. Um, so it it's more trendy for artists to understand where their revenue comes from and understand the business. So that's that, that's the current trend. What I can say is that even though that's a trend, it's still on a upward trajectory. So I would still like, even though it's more than before, I would only assume that maybe 30% of artists understand where their money's coming from. True, like truly understand where their money is coming from. And I teach that on my, my YouTube channel, uh, Wordplay TJ, and you can go there to like get music advice and, and new content and all that stuff. But on that, on that channel, I try to make sure that everybody has the understanding of where their, their, uh, their funds are coming from. And right now they just don't. So even though it's trending, it's still not at a point where it's a great majority. It's still not over 50% um, understand how to do that. And even more so than the understanding, there is still an unwillingness for people to even try to make it happen. They won't take the time to sit down behind like a computer screen and type a few words, fill out an application to get their money. It's, it's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. I know. <laughs> I, I totally get that too, dude. Like... What should we call it? There's some things where you're just like, I mean, I do other, like, I, I'm not in the music industry, obviously, but I place bids for like things like that. And it's just like, all you have to do is type up a couple things and then just send it on its way. And, and then you get paid type of thing. But I, I like that you make that point that it, you, you just need to sit down behind the screen, like actually start. I, I think that's really important to understand. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm completely wrong, but I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, you only fail if you don't start, right? <laughs> like that's the that's the best way to fail, or just kind of stop trying uh, altogether. So th I believe that when you are a, a person with discipline and you can self start, and at the very least, like commit yourself to one task every day that will propel you forward. Like, if you can do that, you'll be in a better situation once the 365 rolls around. Most people don't, right? They don't self, they don't commit to like self-development and improvement on a daily basis. They're like, oh, well, I can put this off till tomorrow. I'll be good. You know, somebody will rescue me. I'll, I'll win a million dollars one day. And <laughs> that's not the reality for most folks most folks so um yeah just just don't rest on your laurel laurels you don't have to bite off more than you can chew do one a day it's easy i yeah i i like that I actually i mean i'm in my room obviously but i i have this chart next to me that just says on the top you versus you and what i do is at the end of the day or whatever i'm like all right this is what i need to get done and it's on my mind right it's bothering me and i write it down and as the next day comes, I just cross them off. I cross them off. And then I have goals underneath it. I'm like, is, if those tasks above, that's what they're called, aren't um, portraying in a way where I achieve those goals, then it's not worth my time type of thing. And I, th that's kind of how I structure my goals. But I kind of want to hear your goal setting strategy. How do you set goals and how do you go out and achieve them? Yeah, so 
my goal setting strategy has changed over time. Right now, my goals are, um, so I have a, I, I have a five goals rule, right? So I write down the top five and that's what I want to achieve. And I don't have to, uh, com- I don't have to continuously remember those, those five. I can commit those five to memory because they're so few. And then I use the same formula that I just talked about. Every day, I do something that commits to, to those five or one of those five. And usually, like you said, where you just kind of write all the stuff down and start crossing off the list, you can do more in a day if you just commit to one. And so what I end up doing is committing to the one, getting it done, and I'm just like, do-do-do, like, <laughs> I'm like, I can, I can do more. So I do the next one, and I cross it off. And then I do the next one, and I cross it off, and I'm just like, dang, uh, I did a lot today. And and, and that, that helps. Also, waking up early helps, right? Wake up at a time where people aren't around, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., if you can, like, Try to wake up early, as early as you possibly can. And if you do that, you will commit to like bringing yourself into a place where you can start to execute on a daily basis at a higher level. And you understand that people just don't do that. People don't go to bed early and wake up early and get good rest. And so they're not as productive the next day. It may take them that one task may take it could be like a one hour thing. But it takes them five hours to accomplish because they're tired and they don't have the they're not thinking about their health. Right. Their their emotional well-being or their physical well-being. And so I, I just believe if you start earlier, you commit to the five and then you 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 focus on one task every day, make that list. You'll eventually start crossing off things and, and you'll cross off those main five eventually before the year is over. Man, I, I love that strategy. And dude, I, I have like a freaking, when you said I go to, I wake up at four, go to bed early. I'm like, dude, say like, it's literally like, it's the recipe for success. <laughs> like if you want to succeed, get up early. And some people are like, oh, come on. I, I know people that get up late and they're just fine. I'm like, it's because they already made it at that point. They're already to where they want to be. They're right. satisfied. I'm like, you're looking at the end result. You have to actually look at the process. And I guarantee every time, they were freaking up early and then went to bed at a decent hour. They prioritized their health and dude, <laughs> going to, I, I, I don't know. Would you say you've missed out on things though? Like that are just hard and you're like, Oh man, I wish I just stayed up late one party with my friends. But I, I mean, cause I'm at, I'm at an age where like people are going out and they're partying. I'm like, man, I'm going to bed, but then I'm up and they're just going to bed type of thing. But I, I don't know, have, have you missed any, like, moments you're like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, but then now you're like, oh, it's totally worth it? Um, so now that I'm, like, transforming into dad mode, like, I'm, 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 I'm 33 right now, and so um, when I look back on the years where I spent a lot of time, like, partying and going out and enjoying all of the, those, those days, I can't recall those moments being more important than my goals. I can't tell you, like, uh, number one, I can't remember most of those moments because I was out partying, like getting, getting toasted and then 
<laughs> like waking up the next morning really, really tired and hungover. So it, it wasn't the best situation for me. And today I have no desire to do any of those things. And so what did I waste all that time doing? Like basically it, it, I was just living in FOMO, right? A fear of missing out. And all of us have a bit of that and we have to fight through it. We have to push a little bit long, uh, longer and understand that when we have, when that FOMO comes up, you have to weigh the odds. Where would you rather be in five years? Would you be, would you rather be at your goal or missing it by a mile? And if you can ask yourself every, that same question every time somebody calls up and like, dude, you want to go like hang out and, and, and have fun, then you could easily tell them no without like missing a beat. And they're, they're not going to understand it. And it's not their place to understand it either. Right. Uh, like when when people get disappointed that you don't show up to everything, it's it's a it's a thing where human beings connect how much you care to how much you are physically showing up. But they don't ever equate the things that you do for them that aren't you physically showing up, answering their phone call, like checking in on them every once in a while with a text message like just being just saying happy birthday or those other intangible things that people don't understand. And I think when I, when I have disagreements with folks and they say, TJ, you're not showing up enough. I say, well, the phone works two ways, doesn't it? Text messages work two ways, don't they? Like I'm busy over here and I'm trying to, I'm trying to get to something I'm trying to get to something and it doesn't mean that I'm ignoring you just because I'm trying to get to something. Sure do. <laughs> that just means that I have to prioritize this right now and you may not be the number one on my list, but that doesn't mean I won't carve out time for you. And so people have to get rid of that stigma, that that misconception that they're they're the most important things to you. Yeah, I, I love that point you make because, believe it or not, actually how I make friends or whatever, like, there's people I've met and they think that I'm their friend, but I'm like, worst comes to worst, if the apocalypse happened, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But there's some people that I would freaking like, all right, grab the gun, let's, let's go type of thing. Like, I'm going to freaking protect you type of thing. Yeah. And, uh, like, those friends, though, that, like, how they became my friend, it's just that one instant. Like, where... I was just going through this rough patch in my life and stuff. And then one friend sends a text message and I'm like, dude, you have no idea how much I needed that. And then it's just like, when they sent that, I was like, you're my friend. Like I will back you up to the freaking end. And it's just those small moments that I'm like, no, I'm going to stick with you. So I, I don't know. Would you say the small moments are more like that? That's how real friendship develops rather than those big moments, like showing up for a big event or showing up for, I, I can't think of anything else, but would you say, the small moments are more important. Any relationship that you that you value um, is supposed to be long term, right? So long term is just the result of smaller moments, right? Those those every days, and not everybody is going to be at every single one of the small moments. You can't expect that. That's expecting a one hundred percent success rate, and that that is unrealistic for for anybody and so 
if you're in a relationship where there's a 100% expectation, it's probably not a good relationship for you to, to continue to foster. Folks will give and take. Folks will not show up. I like that. That's really... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, so I really like that you brought that up because uh, there's some people, I, I mean, I just graduated high school beginning of the summer, so like June, and there's a lot, there's change going on where people are like, oh crap, like my friends are leaving, my, like, man, I want to foster these relationships, and I was telling them like, look guys, you need to find quality friends, the quantity doesn't matter, like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't hang out with some people, I was like, yeah, whatever, like, you're not worth my time type of thing, they're like, how can you be so rude, and I'm like, dude, I'm going for quality friends, not, I don't care about this, oh, one year and then you're gone type of thing. I want you to be in my life for the rest of my freaking life. And I don't know. Sorry. Uh, what were you going to say there? No, I, I was just thinking about something that's just kind of ties to what you just said. When we think about quality, we have to understand that oftentimes we're the product of the people that we surround ourselves with. And if you're surrounding yourself with folks that don't get up, or don't have goals, or don't understand where they want to be, or all of these other things, what happens is you start to kind of erode your discipline. And that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing, right? It doesn't mean that they are bad people. It means that you aren't getting what you need in order to get to where you want to be. And sometimes you have to kind of change your environment, shift your environment in order to get there. And so people that are long-term for you will understand that. Will understand that, like, you can't pick up right now, but you can call back later. They'll understand that you can't go to this party, but maybe you'll show up to, like, an afternoon thing. Like, they'll, they will have the understanding and the love to give you the space to grow. That's what's most important. I, I like that. And I think this kind of leads into something that I want to ask you. And that's uh, if, if you could share one piece of advice with the world, what would it be? So when I talk about my, my motto, kind of music for the underdog, it's all about understanding that underdogs will go through losses, right? When we're watching a sports a sports team that is an underdog, oftentimes that team doesn't win a lot, but yet their fans keep showing up, right? <laughs> you can, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan from my, my childhood. They just keep taking L's. <laughs> and, and I'm not, I'm like, I, and by, by all means, I'm not like the most diehard Cowboys fan. And like, I'm not very, um, into watching sports as much as I used to be, but that's the, that's the dynamic. I, I support, even though I know that they're taking L's because I know that those L's are opportunities to learn, not just losses. When we start thinking about L's as only losses, we don't grow. And that's what's important for me to to communicate to the rest of the world is take your L's but make sure that you're growing from them and learning from them. I, I really like that you brought that up because, I mean, it's funny because, I mean, I just came from something where I just totally just got humbled type of thing. It was just 
crazy. Like I walk into this cause I, I, I do window cleaning and I walk in and I'm like, Hey, uh, could you do it? And she just totally humbled me. I was like, Oh man, I really, I really got to know a couple more things before I get into this field type of thing. And, and I, I came back and I, I don't know, this is maybe just who I am, but I look at it a little more optimistic. I'm like, you know what? I lost, but guess what? I'm going to the next business. I'm knocking on their door and I'm like, hey, uh, do you think you could uh, you interest you in some window service? And they're like, oh, maybe. And it, it's just, you have to have that persistence. You can't just give up once uh, you take that L. And I, I really like that you said that. That's just, it's so important. Once people really understand that, I think that's where like, your growth becomes instead of linear, it becomes exponential and it's just, it's nuts. <laughs> right. Yeah. We can't, um, all of that, though, those trial and error type of situations are data points, right? You're collecting data. That's what life is, right? You're collecting data along the way to get better and better and better and improve on this lifelong journey. And if you stop collecting those data points, you stop understanding what you need to do to improve. And, and that's, I feel like that's the experience that you're going through right now. Yeah. I, I really like that you said that. I mean, that's great advice for, especially since I have younger uh, listeners, they, they will definitely take that. They'll enjoy that. So I don't know, we're kind of wrapping up here, I think. And what, I, I guess this is kind of a play off your advice, but what do you want the audience to remember about it's wordplay TJ, right? I don't know if I got that right. Yeah, wordplay TJ. You got it exactly right. Yeah. Um, so what people need to know is that ultimately when I'm making music for the underdog, I'm making it for folks that want to keep going, want to build their life. Um, for some reason, my music resonates really, really well with people that are doing fitness and like working out. So uh, it, 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 takes a, it takes a different mindset to change your life and not be that underdog anymore. And that's why I make songs. That's why I make that music. So if you're looking for something that is the soundtrack to your life, be sure to look me up on Google wordplay t.jay. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms. You can also find me at wordplaytj.com and um, build your Spotify playlist with my songs. Um, my latest album, Overtime, you can find a lot of great songs on there, like At the Top and uh, Let It Go. And those songs will help propel propel you to the next place. Yeah, thank you uh, for coming on. It's It's been great. I, I really have enjoyed this conversation we've had. And uh, I think you already mentioned that, but as, uh, for people that want to try and reach out to you, connect with you, is there any way that you want them to connect with you? Yeah, um, so unfortunately email is the best way to get a hold to me because reading dms like drives me crazy but i will i i, I will let you to uh, hit up the dms just don't expect me to don't don't expect me to like reply back that quickly um my email is wptj like walter paul tom james at otmmg.com that's otmmg.com and once you email me, I'll usually check that every day and, and reply back. Leave me a comment. If you check out the music, let me know how you feel about it. You can also DM me on all social media platforms. I'm, not, I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Snapchat, whatever, whatever you feel like looking at. It's WordplayTJ as the handle. 
All right, sweet. So thank you for coming on. It's It's been an absolute blast with you. Yeah, thank you for having me. And everyone, that is Wordplay TJ. As you can tell, a very intelligent guy. Uh, tune in to next week's episode. I got a great guest lined up. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. Really great episode. And we'll see you guys next week. And let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We cannot have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and there should be a form there for you guys to fill out. Thank you guys again and let's get after it.